so last episode, we talked about some handy tactics going into a tournament game. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I can't, like, what was our main conclusion? Like, is to kind of go in with a healthy attitude, right? Yeah, it was, you know, don't let anything throw you. You always got a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. The game mm-hmm. will reveal itself to you. Yeah, play patiently. Keep a piece of cake there and only eat it oh, when yeah. you know your, you know, your tournament life is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that all of that is nonsense and <laughs> disregard it all. <laughs> oh no, we did record that episode right before Kyle was going to play his tournament game, and I was watching the game and was like, "What did he just lie to us on the podcast <laughs> about what?" As soon as he stopped recording, he's like, all right, now for the real tactics. (laughs) (laughs) No, the thing is, is like, there's a difference between abstract kind of positional play and very concrete, like, you know, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? So, (laughs) like, to me, I would have loved to have played a game where we were all, like, maneuvering and kind of, like, taking up our posts and, like, kind of setting up and then, like, doing a game. You know what I mean? But... Mm-hmm. Literally the first round, I'm getting like destroyed and like, <laughs> come on! Like, <laughs> I feel like that game tilted me so immediately. It was very hard to like find any sort of normal like level of balance after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you expect to get your nose punched, but you don't expect to like walk in the door and the door punches you first, right? Like, it's I don't know. I feel like yeah, that's that's what can throw you off if it happens so quickly. And then you do feel like your game's over. That's like the most volatile time. It's very true. The thing is, is I probably could have calculated much better on that first round to like have avoided that, maybe. But also, like, I mean, it's root. There was like a bunch of turns that other things could have happened, and they just didn't. So, five player game as well. Yeah, five player game yeah, is the warlord, Kyle. That's uh, that was always going to be tough, and then you get punched right away. Yeah, yeah, it was going to be tough. Warlord or Cats. It was going to be horrible either way. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt like at least let's go for uh, like an aggressive faction and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you want to talk about the details of it uh, since, you know, not everybody saw it? Totally. Yeah. And uh, it is, in fact, the first game up on our tournament recap. Tournament recap. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry to put too many stings in, but this is a smaller part of a larger segment we like to call Root News. Root that's right. Uh, so, tournament recap. Uh, we are in round three here. We're playing for our tournament lives, uh, going on to the semifinals. Round three, game seven, uh, which I participated in, was on the mountain map, and it featured the River Folk, the Lord of the Hundreds, that's me, the Duchy, <laughs> the Woodland Alliance, and the Eerie. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of players in between me and the Eerie, so. It was a stack game. It was a stack game. Yeah, a lot of really good players uh, in the mix. Um, I was starting this game kind of knowing that my task was going to be intense and quite difficult. As Lord of the Hundreds on quite a full board, you obviously score points by oppressing clearings, meaning you have to rule clearings where there's no enemy pieces. On a f- In a five-player game, there's going to be pieces everywhere, so yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough. With this faction matchup as well, there's the otters, yeah. which are going to move around. There's the moles, which can pop up anywhere. There's the alliance, which loves to spread, and then the eerie just also love to move. So, yeah, you have a tough opposition. And the cats, if they were in the game also, would be everywhere. Absolutely, yeah. And kind of from the flop in my hand, I was like, eh, there's no 
there's no faction that I love that my hand is perfect for. I had an item in my hand, so I was like, I guess I'll go for Lord of the Hundreds and like, just yeah. try and slug it out and we'll see what happens. And the Riverfolk also had a starting item in their hand. So I was like, oh, I'm going early. Maybe I can buy something from them. Like, we'll see. Well, it, as it happens, <laughs> basically, like, there was just a ton of red factions in this game punching each other down pretty hard. And it was, like, a really, like, in-the-trenches kind of mean game a little bit. <laughs> as Root can be. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, but, like, I felt, like, so under pressure right away that it made it hard for me to, like, find where the table was at. And I will say, I think that was my biggest my biggest weakness in that game was not understanding where the table was at. And by the time I did, it was like I was on the receiving end of a ton of aggression. So, like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we're playing a mean racing game where we're all going to be greedy or just hit each other. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, now that I know what we're doing, like, I'm down for that. But, like, uh, I definitely didn't start... I didn't go in with that kind of mindset. And I think the other players at the table definitely did, and I was late to the party. <laughs> ah, I think. I think there's a thing that happened right away, right? Where the in this faction matchup, you had the birds and the Lord of Hundreds kind of get into an early forever war, which that didn't end up lasting forever. But then you've got the Woodland Alliance, the River Folk, and the Moles left over. So they're going to be greedy. And then when you have already been punched, you need to get your game back online. Same as the birds, you know, y'all y'all punched each other right from the get. So. Y'all need to be greedy to keep up with the greed. And so then, you know, it just it just kind of like got out of hand from the from the very beginning. Yeah, it was just like dreadfully unbalanced, like from from the first round. And then I think for from our faction's perspective, it was it was never going to be like a comfortable kind of developing game. Like I was I was never in a position where I was like, okay, I feel like I'm online and now I can like reach out. It was always like. I have to make either a desperate move or just say to hell with the table and like let the Woodland Alliance win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah. so then the, the like real cherry on top for me was after, you know, after this experience of like, okay, we're all just out playing our own game to hell with everything. Now we all have to suddenly work together to stop the Woodland Alliance. And like, it turns out that I'm the only faction that has enough battle actions to stop the Alliance and keep my own game going. So it is a selfish calculation, but like, I'm the one who has to go and like put myself out there. The Riverfolk had to as well, but they didn't roll well. So like, two factions end up grinding themselves down against this base. And then the Duchy shows up and cleans up all the cardboard for free. And they have one battle action left with Brigadier. And they're like, yep. hmm, what should I do with this battle action? Maybe I should hit this lone warlord. And I just, like, lost my cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I I worked 40 hours a week for 20 years in this hospital. <laughs> suppressing the pamphlets of this Woodland Alliance. I gave my toil, my blood, sweat, and tears. And you're going to come in and swat my warlord off the board? Get out of here. I was so mad. Yeah, you threatened um, to throw. I threatened to throw the game. I was ready to. I was ready to. That's that was a thing I'd never really heard come from you before, which I thought was actually uh, when I. You never heard Kyle say that. I, yeah, that's only happened game? maybe one or two other times to me. But it was also actually in situations where I was like yeah. hardcore bopped really early and and yeah. kind of targeted in the mid game as well. 
Yeah. I wasn't able to watch this, um, but I did have it on the background for much of the time because I was taking care of Jet. But when I did tune in was when that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, he is really probably this mad, but it also is kind of good table talk because if he does feel that cornered, then he's got to seem like a desperate man. <laughs> yeah, I had nothing to lose. Like, I was I don't like, know. yeah. I just stopped the Woodland Alliance. I can give it right back to him. <laughs> <laughs> Threatening to throw the game is, I think, an extreme and probably one that we generally wouldn't do. Oh, yeah. But like, I think context also matters yeah. here because yeah. if you think about it too, if the player that was most advocating for stopping the alliance was the duchy player, right. and then yes, so the backstab was like so immediate that like there's there's different ways to think about root, and actually I think this is an instructive point. There's the narrative of what's happening in the game, and then there's the the kind of like objective calculation of like what is best. And I think from the perspective mm. of the duchy, what is best is to bop the warlord and like right. make the other factions as weak as possible so you can win, mm-hmm. which is a great calculation. But inside the narrative of the game, there is such a thing as like table talk and memory. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there's like you spent your table talk points trying to get us all to work together and. Now you're just like totally abandoning that. That's like a total villain move. And then like now I'm yeah. not allowed to be a villain. Like get out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like I, to me, I was I was yes, just the context is key. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, yeah. I think that matters in a game like Root where table talk exists. I think it then matters, right? Like also the previous game that I had played in uh, was a winner's bracket game. You know, a very genteel affair <laughs> where everyone was using table talk. And being very honorable. Totally different type of table. It was wildly different because you guys were all very cordial about the fact. You're like, well, sir, I do believe you're winning and we must destroy you. Like, that's very true and I uh, I honor your commitment to destroying me. <laughs> and I made the point, too. I was like, well, they're just going to turn around and win the game if you don't, you know, go after whatever. And, and they were like, no, no, we must keep our promises here. <laughs> and it's, it's like one of those things where like, you know, which table is correct? Kind both. of both. Kind yeah. of both. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. depends on Absolutely. whatever table you're at. And I was just like, yeah, I, I just should have been more in line with my table and and should have let us all burn uh, and let the anarchist win. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it is a good point of like, hey, like, I mean, from the duchy's perspective, you know, they're like, who's going to come after me when I get the best of this? It's probably the warlord. They're probably in the best position. So hitting them now is a great idea but yeah you've kind of were forced into a situation where you're like well i can still make sure someone else wins without I had attacking the ammo you. to do it yeah. it's not you know? even that you were like threatening to just only go after moles or only table talk against moles it's that you said i'll just walk back and forth <laughs> over sympathy yep. yeah and for the rest of the game yeah which is a particular <laughs> Which is a particularly brutal, like, just give him cards. It's dark, Kyle. It is a dark (laughs) move. Um, I just met the table where they were at, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that their move is as dark as yours, but I do think that, like, I I understand where you're at. Where What else are you supposed to do? You're fighting for your tournament King-making is allowed. Ask Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I vote no, for the alliance a... now. If you're going to betray me immediately, I'm not going to king make you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? It's, it, it's I totally get a vote. Fair. I have turns. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is your your game's on the line too. So there, you know, you have to be a little bit of a desperate man. I understand. Yeah. But the best part of this was this, like, really, you know, turned the tone in the game. Right? People were like, "Oh shit!" Like, is he mad? Like, you know, there's like everyone's kind of walking on eggshells, and then the, the a lot of deliberation. The Dutch is like, screw it. I'm going to battle you anyway. 
and then they rolled zero zero. <laughs> and I lost it. I was laughing out loud. I was just like, this is so funny. Just broke all the tension of like, okay, so well, perfect. we don't even have to worry about this dumb thing, you know. I will say it was like I it was like seventy percent gamesmanship and like thirty percent emotion. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I was like, I feel like this is a desperate ploy as opposed to a true reaction. I had to go so over the top because, like, my yeah, opponents yeah. were just stubborn table talk <laughs> boulders. Like, no one was listening to what I had to say. And so I had to be as extreme as I could to just get through. And, yeah. like, you know, I, I knew my argument was weak because the duchy had to do what they had to do. And yeah. they might as well do it to you because that is a convenient spot yeah. from their yeah, perspective. Yeah, it's a good oh, totally. move from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's a, it's a, I guess a correct decision at that type of table, but like, you know, I had to play my game too, right? Yep. That would have yeah, ended yeah, my shot. Yep. So like I had to fight for it. I'm not sure if it would have ended your shot. I was, that's what I was like wondering. I was like, how important is that warlord? And granted you had your prowess maxed out. Yeah. So it was, was recruiting four, four, four dudes. Yeah. So that is like a whole squad at the warlord but i it didn't seem like that squad was going to be able to oppress a lot of clearings no but they were positioned in such a way that i could have gone after the mole's uh building like right away it wasn't good for me to do that but i could have potentially oh yeah i see what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. so it was the positioning that was quite threatening uh and the, the reach which was great yeah i i will say like overall i just was a little bit blindsided by the tone of the table and my initial like setup turn became like a huge boondoggle like right away. And then like <laughs> the whole rest of the game was crazy. So and it also was a long game too. I don't think we mentioned this was like oh, was yeah. a long well game. over yeah. five hours. And it was a lot of just like sitting Wait, and really thinking yeah. and talking in circles and stuff, which is my least favorite kind of game. I like them yeah. fast. I like yeah. when players just make decisions and we can move on and like, yeah, you know, I, we've we've had a whole episode about like time and route, and this was another example of like with well, a faction that has the most complexity and that can sit and calculate for as long as they need to will have a really optimal game. <laughs> yeah, here's uh, here's my uh, fun little rule that I would never enforce, but I think it should have like a high society or a QE type of rule. Which is if you've taken the most turn on your or time on your turns, you can't win the game. <laughs> the, the the people of the woodland were too impatient with how you took over. Yeah, you can you can get to thirty points. You haven't won the game yet. You need other players to take longer on their turns. As soon as somebody <laughs> surpasses your turn length, you win the game. Yeah, it just okay. pose problems at that point. Yeah. Just pose yeah. tricky <laughs> dilemmas onto your yeah. opponents. Yeah, and this is for all heavy board games. I'm not talking about just for root. Um, but it was it was fun though. It was a really fun, um, puzzly kind of finish to it as well. I thought there was multiple factions that could have won potentially, given kind of slightly different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so big congrats to Gregula for winning with the Duchy. It was not an easy or clear uh, path to victory for anyone, and he pulled it out. Yeah, Gregula, nice. a great player uh, playing the Duchy, so that's always going to be a tough match and uh, and a great win. Let's do round three. Game eight happened on the summer map. We had the Vagabond, the Ronin, uh, classically considered one of the doofier Vagabonds. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved that it was in this game. Okay, then we had the Eerie. We had Lord of the Hundreds. We had the Harrier Vagabond. This is a double Vagabond game with Lord of the Hundreds in the mix as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we had the Badgers. Uh, 
coming in at slot number five. Oh, uh, there's going to be a lot of weird stuff with ruin items there because there are two sets of ruin items because there are two vagabonds. Yes. So what happens if you raise the ruin? You choose one. You choose one. You choose one you don't already have. Yes. You... Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's con- it's pretty confusing. I'm actually going to just quickly double check that I'm yep telling you the truth. When a vagabond explores a ruin with two items, or the hundreds raise a ruin with two items. That player may look at those items and take one of their choice. A player cannot take an R item if they have the same type of R item on their faction board. Whoa, where is this? What's the number? This is 9.7.3, taking items from the ruins under playing with two vagabonds. Yeah, but that's the vagabond. Or the hundreds raise a ruin. This is in this is in the playing with two vagabonds section. Yeah. When a vagabond explores a ruin with two items or the hundreds raise a ruin with two items. That mm. player... So this actually applies to the hundreds as well. That's so weird that it's under the vagabond section, but I mean, I guess it. Well, because you wouldn't get a second one if there weren't two vagabonds in the game, right? Right. Right. So that makes sense. It's only when there's two vagabonds in the game. I understand. But if also the warlord is, they wrote that contingency. That makes sense in where it got placed too. Okay. Okay. Man, that was a nice edge case. And I have not been able to review this game, so I don't know if that issue came up. I assume it may have at some point uh because lord of hunters had a good game that being said that's two players that can get to those ruin items before you so probably did not come up good lord (laughs) um i mean yeah it's gonna be a tough time when you've got three players competing for ruin items you know what i'm saying like (laughs) it's just never gonna be easy uh, so this one was was pretty tough also lord of the hundreds and eerie being in the game together means that there's a lot of friction Mm-hmm. And having badgers in the mix as well, like this, this was a fighty, uh, fighty matchup for sure. Uh, but in the end, surprise, surprise, the Harrier prevailed. So congrats to Boo Human for that win. Nice, <laughs> good to see a vagabond win with Despot Infamy. It was a nice fighting end, and a uh, Harrier is classically considered one of the strongest vagabonds because of their uh, torch ability Glide, which lets them kind of teleport to whatever clearing they choose. Perfect for the end game where you can just jump into whatever clearing is a bunch of cardboard and warriors, battle them all down, score as many points as you can, and close it out, which is basically what happened here. Uh, the perfect, like, end game kind of just dart, you know, right in the center of the dartboard. Nice, nice. job, Boo Human. Nice. Round three, game nine, took place on the summer map also. This one... Just a four-player game now, okay? Whew, wipe the sweat off your brow. It's just <laughs> the cats, the river folk, the badgers, and the eerie. Okay, wow, though, that's still a lot of factions fighting it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, so yeah. here we're on the summer map, meaning that the otters have a nice natural advantage with all those rivers connected to five clearings. Pretty nice. And they have the benefit of factions that have a lot of warriors and a great need for cards. Uh, a lot of useful yeah. uses of those cards. So in this one, the otters are able to really exploit uh, their customer base <laughs> and uh, got the funds necessary to have a late game kind of final turn burst of points to get across the finish line. This one was not even close. So congrats to the river folk and congrats, Switch. On nice the job, victory. Switch. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kyle, you've been saying this uh, thing about recapping these tournament games that I found really interesting, which is the river folk do really well when they're an insurgent faction. Yeah, I think in general, that's like a, a, a thing I will claim. Yeah. Yeah. And in this game, 
That's definitely the case. They're the Super only the only uh, insurgent faction. Now, I'd say Badgers are kind of in the middle with the yeah. Otters. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know. I almost want to downgrade Badgers to a full insurgent faction because, like, they're so they they have to accomplish so much on such a tight restriction that they almost seldom are battling in the clearing where it matters you know but their capability to be so red right is so high so it, they kind of exist in the medium in between almost yeah like cause they can float pun intended there's a know? ceiling there right the ceiling's fairly high yeah uh it's just that the, you rarely see a badger um a muscular badger approach right it's usually more about kind of maneuvering and trying to like have just b- the bare minimum necessary to accomplish your goal. <laughs> I don't think I've ever battled with the Badgers where I was like, my intention here is to check another player. No, it's always it's like, always oh, like, you're here I too? I hope <laughs> I still rule this clearing so I can delve these relics, you know? It's such a... Uh, my my focus is almost never on the other players when I'm the Badgers because I have then so you're much to worry them about. correctly, at least. Yeah. That's all, they, all they care about is the route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say in this um, in this particular matchup, the Badgers did very well. They were uh, a very strong second place. They had a big burst, and then they were kind of checked. So, uh, or they, they had kind of a, a little bit of a plateau after the burst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the River Folk were just able to kind of capitalize and jump even beyond that. Uh, but yeah, great game overall. Cool. Great. A couple more pieces of root news before we move on. One is shouts to Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, his lizard get good video is now up. He did consult me on it. He does do a lisp in the video. Um, <laughs> it, it's very valuable stuff. Uh, uh, he, he sourced a lot. Uh, from the community and uh, some some other great lizard players, so uh, go check out that video. And as always, the production is top notch. And I mean, as he says in the video, the lizards are a very counterintuitive faction. Yeah. Uh, so if you are looking to up your lizards game, that's a good place to go. If you want somewhere to start, also check out our episode from eons ago on the lizard cult. Sam, you got all, all kinds of great pointers on this faction. Yeah, I, I, uh, it seems like there are two lizard strategies that have emerged at this point. There's kind of like tall lizards and wide lizards, right? <laughs> or, uh, you know, like dense lizards and thin lizzies, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I almost never go thin lizzies. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm in one camp when it comes to the lizard strategy. Now, that's just what I know and love. I would be interested in trying some thin lizzies, but it's too drilled into my brain. I'm like, I need to protect these gardens at whatever cost. I'm in a digital game right now with uh, some of the Wimmies, and somebody is doing this like really thin lizard strategy, but they control like seven clearings. Whoa. Whoa. Because they're just like, they got like two or three lizards and then like a garden or two. And they're scoring. And I was like, yeah, I'll take out a garden every turn, but you're building a garden every turn. Uh, you know, they, they have less cards in their hand, but because they have so many options, they're kind of able to make it work. I think in a game where there's a lot of police, you can't get away with that. But I think they read the table correctly, and it's it's working out right now. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you all updated. If you can get away awesome. with it, it's working. Yep. Uh, and then we got the Root Jam 2023 theme is out. That's Ooh. right. Uh, this year's theme is Stack the Odds. 
Interesting. Okay. Give me that dexterity faction, folks. I want a dexterity <laughs> faction in root. <laughs> See, you oh. gravitated towards that first word. I gravitated towards the odds. Yeah. Well, you guys know how I bump up against statistics. <laughs> I would much rather uh, play a game of Jenga than a game of roulette. So. I was just going to say a roulette-based faction would be kind of fascinating. Wherever yeah. the, the thing lands, is that's the, the action you get to take. You oh really like the lizard cult. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, SP Shaman's got all of that on the Woodland Warriors Discord. So go check that out and make yourself a fan faction. Root Jam 2023, really excited for that. That's one of the best um, Root kind of community-sponsored events, I think, that happens on a yearly basis. It's just incredible. Every year, uh, there's an event where people make a bunch of fan factions. There's an event every year where we all contribute songs to an album. Like, Root's the best, and soon to be <laughs> a whole convention. That's so, right, oh, baby. Gosh. <laughs> That's so crazy. Put our stamp on that, too. All right. Enough chit-chat. Fellas, this episode, we have a very important topic to talk about, okay? So, your friends don't like Root, okay? I feel like we all have friends that don't like Root, but some of us don't have a lot of friends that actually like Root, okay? Some of us also don't have a lot of friends. Check out episode 91, (laughs) Making Friends. (laughs) I've committed us to that now. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Episode 91 is a total break from the podcast. It's just <laughs> about social skills, okay? We gave you 90 episodes where we told you how to be a nerd about one board game. And then we got to balance it out with just one episode. We're helping you like, pivot. Eye point. contact, um, you know, <laughs> smiling, <laughs> like these kinds of things. People like these things. We, we uh, Stop previewing the episode too much. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you yeah. reading from the outline already? Just hold on. I'm going to... Yeah. Uh, Okay, so your friends don't like Root. And I know. I can hear y'all. Okay? They're wrong. I know they're wrong. We all know that they are wrong. (laughs) But there are parts of this world we cannot change just because we're right. Isn't that right, Jake? That's right. So put down the hammer. (laughs) Don't break up with your friends. But let's address what's possible with your friends and anybody else in between who might be interested in this game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, all right. So let's first get ahead of the thing here, which is like, obviously not everybody likes everything. Okay. And that's okay. And that's, yeah, that's okay. Okay. You're it's role not playing great, but it's trolling okay. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's um, okay. Like Jake, you like metal music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's Just the okay. way you pronounced it shows me that you don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Like Pokemon? What did I say? No, you. I just you hit the M in such a way that had a disdain. That's all. You, you said metal. I'll replay it for the people right now. Metal music. You hear it? You hear that M? <laughs> that's okay. It's fine. And that's okay that Sam doesn't like it. Yeah, and that's totally okay. And like Kyle, you like chess. You yes. know? Yeah. I like sports. Hmm. Okay, so like... So the capital S or... That's a capital S on sports. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I only like fancy sports. Dressage. (laughs) So the point is that, you know, not everybody likes everything. And obviously that's going to apply to Root. But we also know that Root is the greatest game ever made. Okay. (laughs) So where does that leave us? Because we have something that we want to share with people 
And those people might not be very receptive to it, okay? And there's a lot of reasons why that could be the case. Firstly, Root is a tough game. It, it, it has a very steep learning curve. You have to learn what all the factions do, like the differences between tokens and buildings and warriors and pawns. The fact that the rules are so literal, you know, like the difference between placing a piece in a clearing and moving a piece into a clearing is like a very big difference. I think just on top of all of this, because you can go through the list, we know, but like is also they have to remember it. There's not a lot of handy rules reminders for a lot of nuances between like place and move or like rule and such. So there's a lot of like unwritten stuff out there beyond what's already very complex on your faction board for a new player. I will say that I think it's pretty good. The, the fact that the rules are so literal means that the thing on your faction board is correct. Like it, you don't interpret it. You do what it says, right? Yeah. It's a well-designed game for sure. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of unwritten stuff that has to, you have to know and remember going into it, which they already have a lot of stuff coming into the first game. So remembering is not always a top priority. Yeah. It's fair. Movement rules, undefended hits. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Stuff like that. And then also remembering obviously your opponent's factions, which you've barely gotten to scratch the surface of. Yeah. Every time you bump into one of your opponent's factions, something crazy is going to happen that yeah. is only written on their board over there and you're busy <laughs> yeah. with your head down over on your board <laughs> what do you mean they ignore the first hit taken <laughs> yeah why yeah. do they get the higher roll this is crazy um i had a friend uh talking about uh people just kind of bouncing off of games i had a friend who's very good at complicated games played twilight imperium with us he, he's a very skilled magic player so he, he, he's down for the complicated games. We taught him a trick-taking game. And the idea that a Trump suit was better than the other suits broke his brain. Okay? <laughs> it just it didn't sit right. He goes, but why? You know? <laughs> why is this suit better than the other ones? I'm like, well, it's the Trump suit. You know? like it, Not thematically why he didn't care. He just cared about principally why or mechanically why. It, it, I don't know what, you know... <laughs> I'm like, you know, like four is higher than three. And it's like, you could say why, but I, do, I don't know where to there go are, from there. Because, Sam, there's more. <laughs> I guess. But there's not but, more of the Trump suit. No, there's not. But it's the the color it's is special. More. It outranks. It outranks. Actually, yeah, 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 sure, yeah. sure. Uh, and just that concept. And it was so funny to me that uh, they bounced off of it so hard. Uh, but it just goes to show that, like, Different people learn things differently and people are going to bounce off things in a different way. So even if you think like, oh, this person can handle it, there might be just aspects of this game that don't yes. really gel with every single type of gamer. Right. So we should get out at the beginning here, which is I'm sure this is what you're leading to is like we can't convert everybody and that's OK. Undecided. I think we're going to we're going to find we're, I I don't want to give up, you know. I don't want to badger. I don't want our listeners to go badgering people that are giving up on the game. That's the number one way to lose people is to badger them, right? Yes. You well, have, yes. You have yes. to keep the root door open and it's got to seem like a friendly and cool place to go. So. I guess that's, yeah, that's what I want to address at the, at the outset is like, we are trying to bring people into the fold, not force them into the fold. Right. So like, it's pretty, if someone's rejecting you, like back off, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have y'all yeah. ever okay. like, uh, somebody's like oh my gosh we, you haven't seen my favorite movie we have to watch it right now 
Ah, and then you're watching example. it, and they're watching you watch their favorite movie, <laughs> oh, and you can't pressure. even enjoy the movie because there's like a meta experience happening. We need to avoid this with Ruth. Yes, great comparison. We need people to think that it's their idea to play this complicated game. We need people to think that it is cool to do it, and they want to go on this journey with you, not you explain the journey to them. Love that. Okay. 100% agree. So there are, are, are aspects of Root that are going to be hard for some people. Okay? Some people don't like being attacked. Okay? I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a war game. You know? Attacking, it will occur. So, yeah. you know, uh, the, I don't, that might just be a, what is that called? Non-starter? Deal breaker. Like, deal breaker? Yeah. A big old red flag. On the reverse side, some people don't like cute animals. Okay? <laughs> and I know that sounds silly, but I was selling uh, people root in the store. I might have mentioned this on the podcast. And somebody said that they were looking for, like, an aggressive game, but they I showed them root, and they didn't believe... I don't know if they believed me that it was aggressive enough, but they said my friends would never play that because of like that. It's cute little animals, mm -hmm. which, you know, they don't get root. Those people don't deserve root. Okay. <laughs> if you are, if your problem with root is Kyle Farron, you don't deserve it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and then some people don't like uh, a game being self balanced by the players. Mm. Okay. Ah, ooh, that's an interesting. I this like is a, a thing that I think is just like with board games, I've noticed like there's the constant argument of like, is this game balanced? Uh, and that occurs when the game is really a problem when the game is like multiplayer solitaire, right? Like, do we all have an equal opportunity to win the game kind of our by our own means? And then there's games like Root, Twilight Imperium, Cosmic Encounter, where there is like a lot of multiplayer conflict and the winner is going to be the person who navigates that conflict. Oath. Like there's so many games that are that are like that. So there are people that are going to bounce off of that. I mean I, I like both kinds of games. I don't think these I don't think that like people have to fall into one of these categories, but some people choose to. I'm always looking for ways to have player interaction in games where it's expressly like not the point <laughs> <laughs> yeah like azul and like <laughs> azul you can be a little mean i'm like a what's a denial strategy here how can yeah. i like force some tiles to the floor um but i, th I think the fact that root embraces that kind of spirit is is one of the kind of like core qualities of the game that if people are bouncing off of that that's going to be tough yeah. It's going to be tough to turn them around on that aspect. <laughs> I've heard so many people bounce off a root because they say it's not balanced. Mm -hmm. um, and the old, um, I think it's Peter Olatka, one of the original designers of Cosmic Encounter said, balance is for weenies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, meaning that like uh, Cosmic is a very much in the same world where you get a special power that's totally game breaking and the powers are not created equal, but it's your responsibility to suss out whose power is kind of in the lead and ally with people uh, accordingly, you know? Um, so Root has a lot of that. So yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Jake? What do you think about games that are self-balanced by the players? Because I know you like a lot of 
engine building, a lot of Euro games too, but you also like these kind of games. What would you say to the Euro-minded people? Uh, I get it. Like, I feel like my criteria, I've never thought about it in this way of a balancing whose responsibility it is. So I love this framing of it. I always thought of it as more of like, how interactive do you want to be? And what what does interaction mean to you? Because mm-hmm. like in Azul, that's a good example, Kyle, because you can encourage others to help you with a denial strategy to ensure that the leader doesn't get their optimal tile draft, right? So the interaction is there and it's antagonistic because that's really the only reason to interact. But it's also not like heavy-handed like a war game is. I guess this is what I think of it more as is less the the players balancing, which I guess this is the same thing, and more of like what is the nature of the talk at the table of it, of interaction. And if it's get him, that might be a troublesome for some people, yeah. <laughs> you know? And like th- some people don't like don't handle salt well. They don't handle yeah their own temper well and you know it breaks the magic circle for them i think my two criteria for someone that is could be converted into playing root is is pretty simple which is that they have to like complexity in games because this one definitely has it and they have to like interaction they may not love interaction but they have to at least like player interaction if they don't then i think you can safely give up on that friend learning and liking root until they change those two behaviors. Yeah. Right. Was is that fair to say? Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I, 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 I agree. If somebody's like, I don't like complex board games. <laughs> yeah. It's don't make hard them read to recommend board. root. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just got such a steep learning curve. I think it's a, I think it's a game that everyone should, if you are into board games, you should, you have to play root once you have to. Yeah, it's okay if you don't like it, but you have to play it's it. It's totally okay if you just get the vibe that this isn't my thing. If it's interesting at all, though, I think you should play it four more times. <laughs> <laughs> but one time and you're like, I don't like being attacked. Uh, this is way too much. Like, uh, Play it with – find an enthusiast to play it with. Yes. Not, you know, someone who really does love it, too. If you're all just – if you have a friend who's just testing it with other friends who are all lukewarm on the idea. I mean, environment really counts for something when you're trying to find a new passion. Oh my gosh. I so much of why people bounce off of board games at any level of complexity is the way that they are taught the game and how that first game plays out. Yeah. The circumstances yeah. around it literally like if it's too noisy in the room can make the difference, you know? So we're going to lay out some things that will be helpful for having those that first introduction to root be a success um but also i like going down this thing when uh, jake you asked the question when is it safe to convert someone like what is the criteria <laughs> yeah. you are looking for in someone who you would want to introduce them to root well first mm-hmm. the outcast has to be the correct <laughs> right that's that's of course yeah um you have to have some acolytes uh ready to go i would say that one of the main things is they have to be okay with imbalance i we just kind of talked about it but i think that's like the thing is like imbalance and kind of asymmetry i think they kind of go hand in hand here where it's like well you only have 10 warriors you know or like you don't even start on the board like there's you don't even have any warriors you're just one guy and you want to make tea like there's there's a lot of that that if if somebody I don't know, though. I'm not trying to push back on you on this, but, like, I I think it's okay if they're 
it's kind of the selling point of Root is the imbalance to me. It's like the asymmetry is what makes it so interesting. So like, it's not that they have to like it, but they should at least be open-minded towards it. Like maybe they've never played something like this before. I think that's generally what happens with a lot of the players that I introduced to it is they've never seen anything like Root before. I didn't even know what a coin game was two years into playing Root. (laughs) I understood the concept when it was introduced to me. It's like, oh, there's a whole genre of this. Like, I didn't even see that beyond the asymmetry for a while. Mm -hmm. And I understand what you're saying about the checkpoint version of it, but I don't know if it's... I think that's just what's great about the game and what they can be sold on, even if they aren't familiar with that part of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they don't need to be familiar with it. But, uh, yeah, I I think there are some people that really like... Like, Dominion is a very fair game, right? Everybody has an equal shot. Yeah. To yeah, they all start the same way. You all or there's a descending amount of coins. Dominion's interesting in that actually don't isn't there a turn order preference? There's no benefit to going forth. No, it's true. Yeah, you're right. Dominion just has you a first an player advantage. Yeah. So but I get what you're saying, you know. Chess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody starts equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sports. Everybody starts equal. Metal. Everybody starts. <laughs> we all start on four. <laughs> One, two, three. Uh, Kyle, what are some criteria, uh, you know, qualities in a person that you're looking for and think, oh, I would love to introduce them to Root? This is going to be tough to quantify. I feel like you you guys have given such, like, clear indicators for what would make a person interested in Root or, like, uh, would make them a good candidate for, like, trying the game out and it going well. For me, the things that I'm looking for are, like, if they like RPGs, then they might enjoy Root because each faction you can kind of introduce it as like you're you're going through the game like as this faction and your priorities are pretty unique and like the way you fit into this game the character that you kind of take on as you approach the game is you're like totally seeing it through this lens even the player boards it's like having like the character sheet in front of you you know what i mean so i feel like if they're into rpgs there's like a really easy kind of parallel thing going on the other thing for me is if if they like to talk during games, I think that's also something that would probably make them a good root player, or like someone who might enjoy that experience. I love this idea. Yeah. Like, you're such a storyteller, Kyle. Like, you, I love that your selling point to this game is the theme, because it is such a rich theme. And it's a good way to get people who might not otherwise be interested in, when you say the word war game, when they're like storytelling machines, they might turn away, right? Yeah, that but could if you say off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> woodland faction, <laughs> they might perk their ears up. Yeah, I love that tactic. That's a great idea. When you mentioned in the teaching episode, one of the fun things to do in the first game is have everyone read their like little flavor text at the top yeah. of the player mm-hmm. board, which is, you know, it's a simple little step. But it for me, it's a crucial element of like, we are getting ourselves in the headspace of each of these wildly different factions. And part of the joy of the game is seeing how they kind of collide in a unique way and having a story to tell each other at the end about like what happened. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about Root, I was working at a board game after school program and the staff was really into Root. I was like, oh, what is it? And they're like, oh yeah, it's all these different factions that fight each other, they're like all animals. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then one of them goes, yeah, my favorite's the lizard cult. And I went... A cult. That's fun. <laughs> like, I did want to play a game where I was a leader of a cult. That sounded cool to me. Um, and then realizing, like, how different all of the factions were. And uh, it's such a joy to discover that. I mean, I think you have to love learning 
games. <laughs> because with Root, <laughs> yeah. you get to learn 10 for all each one of the factions. You, know? you don't you do learn every game too. Yeah. Like every game is a learning experience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, big time. Mm-hmm. So your friends aren't into Root, but there are ways of making the idea of Root seem easier and more appealing, okay? So I think that before, you know, you've gathered your people, you've found the criteria, you've got some recruits, okay? I think you need to get this group hyped on this game before you sit down to play. Like, coming over Thursday, we're going to learn Root. We're going to play Root, okay? And, like, look up some videos, Check out this sweet podcast. Um, you know, like get I thought pe- you were gonna be more subtle with this because like the way I've accidentally done this is I've had Garrick's winter tournament streaming in the background while guests have come over. And that's so wild. it's like it's like sports that's on TV kind of thing. <laughs> and like I'm constantly paying attention. I'm like, I'm going, ooh, or <laughs> or reacting to something. So that gets them their interest peaked a little bit. I have not intended to do that. I just it happened at a certain times when I had people over for other games. And so I've had, I think, three people who came over at different points where that was happening asked me to teach them root. Wow. Mm-hmm. I would I think like on paper, I would think like that's too intimidating. <laughs> like, look at these people playing this game. I know you didn't do it intentionally, but I also like, didn't like push it on them. I was yeah. just showing my interest in it because my enthusiasm sold it. Yeah. And it wasn't even like that wasn't even my intention to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I mean, people's enthusiasm for games like I'm such a sucker. How many games have I bought based on a glowing review? You know what I mean? Like your me- guys's enthusiasm is why we're here. Like you're the reason that I decided to do that. Like I, <laughs> I liked the game a lot, but I, it was your passion that made me be like, well, I have to talk to them more about this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, yeah. Discovering the depths of this game is such a joy. Um, you can't really do this with a lot of games. It's a special one. So show your enthusiasm, I think, is the kind of like yeah. takeaway here. Yeah. One thing I've enjoyed doing is uh, I'm getting a group together for the summer to uh, get together and play some games of Root. And it's... Uh, you talking about RootCon? Is that how you just <laughs> casually talk about RootCon? Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's happening people in over Portland, in the summer. A few, few friends, you know, getting together <laughs> and playing, you know, a whole weekend of Root. Um, but it's it's sort of the small, like, kind of group text situation. It's just, like, four people in this group chat. And one of the ways that I found was, like, kind of fun to... Uh, you know, talk to them about Root without being like, hey, go look up this video or whatever, was uh, just screenshotting, like, leader games, like, posts on Twitter and stuff. It's just, like, they post cute, random things that are, like, so fun and cool. And, like, I just would, I would just send them stuff like that. <laughs> it's great. It's great to be <laughs> like, hey, Root gang, like, what's, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I do think that I've done that with a lot of games. Been like, we are the group that plays this game. Like, make it feel like we're in a cool club, you know? Even if it's just one game night of, you know, like, Cosmic Encounter or whatever, I'm like, welcome, cosmonauts. Like, the the <laughs> battle for galactic supremacy starts at 7 p.m., you know? Um, yeah, and, yeah, just... Just, just getting people hyped. That's a really good point. Like, if you have already got one game planned, like, making a, a real festive... Making a real festival of it is a great idea. Like, yeah, because it makes it... Pe- it when you're introducing a game to somebody, it's important for it to feel like it's theirs too. Like in in a way where we're like, we don't want to explain this root journey to them. They need to come along on board. And so 
being yeah. like it's our game together is is the kind of emphasis we need to stress yeah not it's not that it's your favorite game and here's why you think it's so cool and you need to experience it the way i experience it yeah it's experience this with me yeah and speaking of if you are an experienced root player when you sit down to play root one you should lose <laughs> i feel Never pretty strong the teaching game come on you shouldn't win but are you a monster uh, a way to do that, and I do this all the time, I play a complicated faction or and or trying a, a just a counterintuitive strategy. Like, yeah, try new stuff. Yeah. Uh, I introduced this game to my manager at work not too long ago, and I was like, okay, definitely going double build and just seeing what happens, you know, <laughs> or like going to play the Badgers and I didn't start with any bird cards. Let's see if I can do it, you know, um, because I'm learning something in this game, but my point scoring is going to be a lot more in line with um, with a new player. So uh, I would say uh, a faction you don't know very well, all these things are good and give your friends, the people that are new to this game, easy, intuitive and powerful factions. I'm thinking Vagabond is kind of all of those, um, with the exception of intuitive. Maybe some of the fringe case rules aren't that intuitive. Um, crows, I think crows yeah. are very stoppable when you know what you're doing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're, they're just they're plotting and fun. flipping, yeah, they can score a lot of points. They're pretty easy to understand, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, you get, you get the mechanics of them. Also, that type of interaction is very user friendly, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And it's built into the, the whole thing. Like, that's their whole deal. You know, you have this fun secret, like you put the plot down, you <laughs> like physically like, put it out on the board into some like packed clearing or whatever. Everyone at the table like looks over at you. It's so fun. Like, that's, a, that's a fantastic uh, first play faction. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So we talked about crows. Uh, rats, I think, are a pretty decent first play sure uh, i think there's a couple things going on i think you could even say like don't even worry about the raise tokens and it'll simplify the faction a ton the moods are a little overwhelming at first it's i just think like they have a lot of the homework moods, yeah. during birds yeah like right up top they yes. have like a lot of choices to make and i feel like if you're gonna give somebody the lord of the hundreds for their first game of root i would say like maybe give them a little coaching beforehand about like start with this mood like you're, you're gonna have this one to start with but like start with this mood everything else is gonna be you like take care of itself but just like to help reduce the like decision fatigue like right away yeah don't that's you think not the a bad idea. don't you think the woodland alliance belong on this list at all because their startup is nothing and then they know how like their step one get followers is pretty easy to figure out yeah that's that's true i don't know i I also just feel like people are like, wait, I don't have any pieces on the board. Yeah, yeah, but that's like, again, this game's selling point is everybody's different. Yeah, <laughs> like, true. Fair enough. Like, yeah, you start out because you don't have an army. You must raise one. Like, yeah. that's a pretty fun concept. I don't know. I I always find rats to be uh, overwhelming, although eventually pretty easy to get. But I feel like Alliance, by their nature, is just so a slow start. Therefore, you kind of get a slow introduction into the game. That's true. That's true. I think, like, I don't know, martial law and its placement on the board prevented me from putting it on the on the list of easy, intuitive, and powerful factions. It's very powerful. It's not too difficult, but 
That's a good note for when know, you're teaching is to point that one out. Yes. But uh, yes. we don't and, have to split hairs about yeah, what's yeah. the most intuitive faction. But uh, um, yeah. But that's next week's episode. Top 10 <laughs> intuitive factions. Um, <laughs> top 10. <laughs> top 10. We got to do a root top 10 intuitive factions. Okay. Um, and then maybe the birds. Uh, we talked about birds in the great. teaching episode, like for your brainy friend, like it is the hardest of those ones to play, but it does teach you root the fastest. If you're yes. looking for yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You collide with all the important elements of root immediately. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And then you turmoil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. And it's hilarious. You know, we... Uh, um, uh, I wrote this thing down. Kyle, you brought this up earlier. Using theme to help sell the factions to people, right? Like, and this is where I would put the Woodland Alliance because people love the Woodland Alliance yes, because yes. of their theme, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm a rebellion and I'm stuff. And then they're if you if you go in with theme first with Woodland Alliance, then they're like, oh, I don't have pieces on the board. Like, yeah, you have to sympathize these clearings. You have to get them on your side. You know, your point is not to like have a big army that rolls around, but rather to score points by changing the minds of the people in these clearings, right? Yeah. Um, the Vagabond has a very strong theme that always hits with new players, which is they sat down to play a war game. They're nervous about that. And then you tell them, you don't even have to worry about the war, bro. You're one guy, and you just go around aiding other people. You go help whoever you want. You go on little quests. You do your own thing, you know? You get to go in the forest. No one else does. So... Uh, Vagabond's theme, I think, really is is great for new players. And Otters. I think people love the idea of being a war profiteer. Like, oh, I, I just want... People love helping other people in games. And, and when you can point those moments out, I think Otters are hard because you don't know what you should charge for these things in your first game. But um, I think that if everyone's learning, then it doesn't matter as much, you know? Anything else on, like using the theme of the factions uh, to help sell the experience to people. I mean, I think Kyle and yeah. I think you both summarized it really well. In root, these factions are different like roles in the game. And so making it clear what each faction's role and identity is in the game will give people like a sense of autonomy that like they are making choices and they have a role to play in the woodland. You can also maybe guide their table talk with the theme a little bit, too. Just like if you are an underdog faction, if they're playing an insurgent faction, you can inform that in that and that they are kind of an underdog in a lot of these situations. So they need to use table talk to help boost them up, preferably with other insurgent factions. Right. Yeah. And just from a teaching kind of mechanics point of view, having the like theme be something that's present and that we come back to it, it's just a nice break from being confused about all the rules and mechanics and <laughs> yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? It's always nice to yeah. be like, okay, now I, how do I move again? And then be like, okay, great. Now my like, cat army is going to go over here and like attack these, you know, bird, you know, upstarts menace. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point too, Kyle is like by calling them a bird menace, it's not your friend at the table you're opposing. It's the faction. So you're yes. getting them into safer table talk. The magic circle is a little bit more evident at that point too. Right. Yeah. Totally. Well, I guess we can see if these tips would impact somebody who's not into root because we have a very special guest for this episode. <laughs> That's right. The love of my life, my <laughs> wife, Rachel, is going to join us. 
right after the break. Well, welcome, Rachel Rosenthal. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Wow, this is like a real official operation over here. Oh, yeah. Very professional. <laughs> now you see what I do every Tuesday or Wednesday or Sunday night. He's never allowed you to look into the office when this is being recorded? No, in fact, it's, I have to sign an NDA. <laughs> Just in case I overhear. Yeah. We tracked down the leaker of a lot of RootCon information to Rachel. Mm -hmm. So she is <laughs> kind of on, what's that called? Not sabbatical. What's it called? Parole. Is it parole? What? Probation? Probation. That's it, Kyle. Kyle's got it. Thank yeah, you, Kyle. That's right. She's on sabbatical. I'm on sabbatical. I would love <laughs> to go on sabbatical. <laughs> Nothing stopping you, honestly. Just the lack mm. of pay, I suppose. Yeah. I, well, I work for myself, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might be tough. <laughs> so, Rachel, do you know why you're here? Um, I believe I'm here because I don't play Root. That is you correct. You are here because you don't like Root. Yeah. Well, we're talking today about, well, really our friends who don't like Root and how to address them, either by letting them be, and that's so totally fine, or possibly converting them to the game. And so we thought we'd have you on to kind of take your temperature about your experience as the game, because you don't play it. You've played it several times, but you don't really need to play it more in your estimation. Is that a fair thing to say? I think I've probably played two or three times. Oh, is that all? Yeah, okay. and it was a long time ago. But yeah, mm -hmm. you've got it just about right. And Rachel, uh, obviously you're my wife, so I've made you play a couple games of Root. Um, but what kind of other games do you enjoy? Just to give our listeners kind of like a, a, a temperature check on where you're at with games in general. Right. You want to kind of show that I can hang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> One of our big criteria for even bothering to try and convert somebody is they are okay with complex games. And I know you are. Yeah. I mean, look, guys, am I amazing at Boggle? Yeah. Yeah, I am. And it's because I'm a wordsmith. Uh, I wordle mm -hmm. with the best of them. Monopoly? No. Um, I don't know. What do we play? I like Clank, especially Legacy. I like uh, Wingspan. I like a lot of roll and write games. I like Fleet the Dice game. I'm pretty well known. Yeah, Rachel's high score is something to behold. It's actually legendary. It's been mentioned on this podcast before. I feel like reference. it's an unfair medal for me to hold because it was just because of shrimp. But anyway, um, <laughs> Sam and I also... As long as you don't bring it up in coffee shops anymore. That's kind of the thing. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's People my go-to brag. <laughs> um, what else do I play? We play a lot of Lost Cities. Oh, yeah. A lot of... Um, uh, oh, my God. What's the freaking game, Kyle, you and I? We've like all played a billion times with the... Dominion? Well... Of course, Dominion. No, the like classic game. We like played it to death. Startups. Startups. Start <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. startups. Yeah. What a great game. What's the most complex game you like, Rachel? Probably Clank, right? Orleone. Oh, Orleone. Oh, oh, I like Orleone. Um, remember Cubitos? How come? Well, by the way, we're like just looking at the game collection while we have this conversation, <laughs> so we have a reference point. But um, you're you're dropping names like Cubitos and Wingspan, so yeah, you can hang. We we know you, your street cred is is legit. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thorough yeah. hobby gamer here. Also, we yeah. we played what's it called Earth. Oh yeah, we for just the played first time. the new hotness Earth, and Rachel. Yeah, Rachel just picks it up right away. At this point, she's married it's to Wingspanny in nature. Right? It is. It yeah, is. it's pretty similar to Wingspan. It's interesting because I was thinking about how I used to learn games. 
and and how most people learn games. I mean, I think Sam's like one of the best people at teaching board games. And he is so patient and people just immediately interrupt and they're like, wait, what about this? And what about this? And what's the orange thing do? And when can, you know, and when I've seen him teach you games, Jake, and you are like, "Uh uh-huh, got it. Yes, got it. Uh huh, got it. And like I, 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 I've tried recently to be a little more like you. And I feel like when I was learning Earth, I did do that. A hundred percent. We taught the game and played it in like an hour and a half. It was, it was great. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. You. But well, it's because I, tr- I trust Sam to tell me everything because he, he does, and he also knows when I'm ready to learn it most of the time. Mm. So he's got it prepared in the presentation already. <laughs> I mean, half the time when we read these books. We're we're already role playing how we're going to explain it to other people, right? Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say, Sam? Yeah, I love I love thinking about what is the best way to do this, and I love saving one fun rule for a certain point in the teach. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you do that. Yeah. I love being like uh, these. This is the rule. And I know that there's a huge exception to that rule, but I want you to feel that that's the rule so that when I show you the exception, <laughs> it makes an impression, you know? Yeah. Um, it's I love doing it in Cosmic Encounter. I love to just teach the game and then be like, oh, whoops. Now I'm going to give you an entire alien power that breaks the game completely, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like every game, and I know there's like a, a million like sketch videos about this like yeah. online, but it's every every game is like, okay, you can go into the yellow clearing if you are a spice trader unless you have the horn card. And if you've got the horn card, and it's just like, it can be really overwhelming. Yeah, an excessive amount of unwritten stuff too that are like contingencies. Yeah. Like just long lists of that stuff can be exhausting i also noticed another pattern in the games that you mentioned there's not a lot of high player interaction or as sam pointed out to me player balance where the conversation drives a lot of the motivation and actions of the players you know i think that to be fair, most of my gaming experience has been since the pandemic. I mean, we played a little bit before, but what I mean is we oh. play a lot of two-player games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. And so I do think that's, I don't have the experience. And, you know, I'm not a people person. <laughs> you know, joking. Yes. I Obviously, I am a people person, so I should be more open to, like, playing these other games. But every time Sam has, like, game nights over here, I, like eat an edible and watch like friends in the other room. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Oh, I do want to say, I think Rachel is very right there that Rachel doesn't play a lot of these games because we play two player games a lot. And those tend not to be a lot of like area control games or like self balancing. It's like head to head competitions. We play like some like dueling card games where we're like in conflict with each other. Yeah, but it's not like a lot of um, table. By talk. the nature of a dueling yeah. game, there isn't much table right. talk, right? Right. Yeah, hurting I, you is good for me, right? Yeah. I used to be a very non-competitive person, which makes sense. I'm like an improv teacher, you know. I'm all about agreement, but I think I've gotten a lot more competitive, like since we've gotten really into games, don't you think? Oh yeah. And I, now I really don't <laughs> like losing. Oh yeah. Well, you you are better at losing though too, because I remember early on you would be, you'd see that you'd lost the game. You're like, all right, we're done. And I'm like, what? Can we play out the last turn so I can like win the game? And like, no, we don't need to do that part. I'd be like, this game stinks. (laughs) Give me Boggle. 
all. <laughs> all right. Uh, now steering towards the root part of this, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Rachel, how many games of root have you played and which factions have you played as? You probably know better than I know I the answer. Yeah, I know. The I'm going to guess I've played three times and then I played Vagabonds twice. And I think the first time we ever played, I was probably cats. Mm. Thoughts? I don't. I didn't remember that you'd played anyone else other than Vagabond, but you might be right. You might have played the cats the first time. I think it was literally when, like, all of us were learning the game, like yeah. Kyle, like when we were in our old apartment in New York in the little living room. Yeah, yeah. Did you play at Sam's mm. birthday what, what party? Birthday party. Yes. When we had two tables. Mm. I did not. I played Clask on the balcony. Oh. <laughs> That's a good move. By yourself with an edible. That's great. <laughs> and I put on friends. Yeah. Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no are you kidding me that was like so intimidating for anyone who wasn't at sam's 30th birthday party kyle was playing two games at the same time and i believe you won both of them he won both yeah. of like, them what an on asshole. my birthday can i swear on this podcast because i swear yeah. on podcasts <laughs> exclusively on podcasts. can i because i'm going to was your question are you gonna beep it I guess you'll have to listen and find out. This will be the only episode. Oh, Rachel, how many episodes of Woodland War Machine have you ever listened to? Root, 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 root. <laughs> now I have to end the episode. I've Don't. never. Uh, that's the end. I've, she did it. <laughs> I always hear that in the other room, so I know that it's over. Um, I, it's over. I've never listened to. <laughs> All of our significant others are like, all right, he's finally coming out of the office now. <laughs> Is that true? Do you guys have that too? Katie knows that. Yeah, yeah, she's like, yes. right, he's done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good signal. Except I think both Lindsay and Katie are better at Root than I am. Um, Katie's only played once, and I think she's also only played the Vagabond. Yeah, that's Lindsay is good at Root. Lindsay's though. very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am I apologize. I haven't listened to this podcast yet, but I've heard really great things. <laughs> <laughs> One guy in particular really talks about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Rachel, in these games of Root that you play, um what aspects of the game didn't gel with you would you say Ugh. <laughs> wait can i actually start by saying something that, yeah. which is that like when you were initially discovering root it was before we really were playing a lot of games i've That's always liked true. games like yeah. i i was notoriously on a game show uh and i i'm really good at like catchphrase and card games and like stuff like that so when you guys were first discovering this you were like it's a game where everyone plays their own game at the same time that we're playing a game <laughs> And I was like, that sounds like real nerdy shit that I'm not going to understand. Okay. And so I was like, I can't do this. I do feel like maybe if it were introduced to me for the first time now, see, I I think it might be a little different experience. This is a really interesting context because we were talking before again of like, you have to like a level of complexity in your games. And at that point, when you were introduced to it, you did not fulfill that criteria. Right. So that's interesting. That's changed since then. Yeah. So, and I, wow. I'm afraid to say this on the, on air, but like, I do feel like I, I'm slightly more open to playing a game now or learning now. Um, but I, I, I don't want to go on the record. 
you just did. <laughs> I'm totally Don't holding just this bleep against that you. Whole yeah. thing. Just beep I it. just scheduled a game for us to play. Um, that's yeah. All right. So, but yeah. So anyway. you would say the complexity, just like the is it the asymmetry, the fact that everyone's doing their own thing? Yes, that's like the most bananas thing I've ever heard. I had never heard of a game where everyone plays their own game in the game and so that seemed overwhelming yeah yeah <laughs> okay but again this is before we uh, i'd maybe played dominion at this point yeah maybe. but dominion you know? everyone's doing the same thing there's yeah. the same cards everyone can buy it was like and so when you're learning a new i think the learning curve is just so insane so it's like sure. when you it's like here we're gonna play this game at this point it's too complicated to teach you what everyone else is going to be doing so i'm just gonna teach you how to do your thing and uh and and that because that's all i could probably like handle at the time as, as from I remember of you as a gamer too I feel like you do want to get a handle on all the rules before you play because mm. you do ask follow up questions during the teach that are very good and they make sure the teacher does a thorough job of explaining all the contingencies to you mm. and that's not possible in the first game of it. Right. It literally isn't. Or otherwise you need to have twelve hours. Like yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, it's too much. You gotta give yourself a break on that, on the idea that like you're gonna understand all of the other factions in the first game you play because yeah, you just can't. Yeah. But I knew you were gonna ask me this question. So I would say like the I the complexity or asymmetry was, mm -hmm. was one of the things. And I also was afraid of the length of the game. Oh, that's true. I sure. do like a more bite sized game. I, I don't like to play a game that's longer than like an hour and a half, I feel like. And I'll be real, for a heavy game, Root does come in at like 90 minutes, two hours. But when I taught you Root, our games would often be two and a half, three hours. Totally. Or longer. Um, yeah, because we were learning it and we would want to like dive in and like figure out what we were doing. But yeah, I, I, I now, now things might be different. Now um, So uh, I guess uh, I got a question, Rachel. Do you enjoy the idea of Root? Like the theme, I, I think also oh. you tend to bounce off of like fantasy themes. Bounce off like rejects? Yeah, like you don't like wizards and swords. <laughs> and there's no magic in Root, but it is like kind yeah. of medieval. There's like swords and. Yeah, there's critters and tunics and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there someone playing a lute? There's definitely. Very much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. It seems a little cuter, though, than other things. Uh, yeah, I I just think that the reason for that is because I've done improv for so many years and I was in so many shows with with people that referenced Dungeons and Dragons before I really understood it. And Nerds. so yeah. I, it was just a lot. Of, there's a really big overlap between those two communities. Uh, and so, yeah, it would just always be like, I'm a level six orc and I just rolled a dice and now I'm going to the Bible study. And I'm like, I don't know what anyone's saying. I don't understand anything. Um, I actually don't feel that way about Roop. And now that you said that, maybe I will. Oh, okay. I think of it more as like little animals. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. It yeah. is. I think there, there's no magic in Root. It, it, Don't notice the tunics and you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is a tunic just like a... <laughs> okay, we're doing this. <laughs> I, when you say tunic, I think of a um, a, 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 a high-necked shirt. That's a turtleneck. Yeah, I think of a turtleneck. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, like a ruffly collar kind of situation. I think of a tunic as kind of like a long shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So am I wrong? I would say that the real difference between what you're describing and what Kyle's describing is the neck area. Oh, there's no tall I would neck. say a tunic has a similar <laughs> thing to what I'm wearing. Or Jake. A t-shirt. And they can be sleeveless. Well, that's that's the T in t-shirt is tunic. Well, we're all wearing t-shirts here today. T-shirt is tunic shirt? <laughs> Are you sure it's not turtleneck shirt? Oh, God, Jake's going to start Googling. Oh, he always does this when oh. I make a claim. Oh, I know. What was it? I said something about curling not being timed, and Jake had a hissy fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really wet my pants with frustration. The problem was he was right that, that curling was it. timed in some way, and it made me so mad. <laughs> I don't think anyone. A t-shirt is a short-sleeved casual top, generally made of cotton, having the shape of a T when spread out flat. Okay, but what is a tunic? <laughs> All right, Rachel, you're making me work on this. I a mean, tunic is a loose garment, typically sleeveless and reaching to the wearer's knees, as worn in ancient Greece and Rome. Whoa! Or a close-fitting short coat as part of a uniform, especially a police or military uniform. Mm. So it is long in length. Good job, Kyle. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't realize the sleeveless um, part was like, in fact, a part of the character of a tunic. Maybe that's a Greek tunic. Mm. I wonder. Mm. All right. Well, here at what's this show called? Woodland War Machine. You're going to learn about fashion and you're going to learn about games. And that's what makes it fun. (laughs) Yeah, that is what makes it fun. Um, Rachel, speaking of. You know, we haven't mentioned the name of the podcast this episode. Oh, we have. You're right. Hey, listeners, welcome to Woodland War Machine. Um, Jake hates when I do that. Um, okay. R- Rachel, you did name the fact, or you d- named the name of the podcast. You were able to name the podcast that we've done 69 episodes of. Nice. Thank you. Uh, can you, how many root factions can you name? Oh, I feel like we have another recording of me trying to do this recently. Yeah, but th- I feel like um, you're more off guard right now. Ugh. That was just members of your family. <laughs> um, ugh, I am more off guard right now. Okay. Cats, rats, yep. mice, vagabond, mole, mole, <laughs> mole. It's not one single mole on someone's skin. No, I almost said mole people. And then I was like, no, just a mole. They're um, all people. <laughs> Okay, wait, that's five, right? I I said Vagabond already? Yeah. Um, Oh, birds, you don't want to go into fruition or whatever it's called. (laughs) What's it called? Fruition is great. Keep going. Okay, birds. Um, This is the kind of content people are here for. Um, I think I'm out. Um, How many more are there? Four. Sam has a favorite one you've missed. Mm. I have a T-shirt with it. Oh, uh, uh. I have another. Oh, oh, oh! The the wo- the woodland like alliance. Yeah, there's some very kind good. of alliance. Very good. That yeah. is great. You did say mice earlier, which is kind of the woodland alliance. But I'm proud of you for naming the actual name of the. Oh, faction. those are yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you're on the right track. Yeah. That oh counts. God, I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah, keep breathing. Do you need some water? <laughs> okay. You were on a game show. This is way less stressful. Uh, <laughs> Where's Michael Strahan? <laughs> um, I, 
God, yeah. What all? What I I need hints. There's now. one more pious. There's a pious faction that uh, uh, Sam's a big fan of. The tunic department <laughs> yeah <laughs> the piety of the tunic department the clothes salespeople. Uh, yes uh, the, the tunic department the yeah pious? there's my favorite faction oh i thought i did that Mm-mm. i don't know i'm out okay that's great all right so you missed the lizard cult oh uh, yeah the otters or the river folk company Right. Uh, the Badgers <laughs> or the Keepers in Iron. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. And yeah, uh, the sense. Crows or the Corvid Conspiracy. Okay. Oh, great. It's really fun that in a really complicated game where everyone plays their own game, every faction has two names. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> you know, you nickname it for the animals. You know, it's like, Rachel, when we play a game and there's like, oh, <laughs> there's like a resource, it'll be like... Tamarin and Rachel goes, Oh, that's a perp. Yeah. That's a perpy. Perpy cube. I just call it by the color. Yeah, you call everything by the color. Or so. whatever it looks like. Like we when we played Honey Buzz, I was like, mm. Oh, I, I just got a bean. And you're like, it's called honey. <laughs> I'm like, it looks like a bean. Somebody wrote in a question, which faction does your soul resonate with? I'm gonna go on a limb and say this was a Kyle question. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't I don't ask about soul resonance very often. I mean, I would guess this is a Kyle question. It is. It is. Kyle. Um which one does my soul Yeah, wait, hold on. I need some clarification. Kyle, what are you asking for? <laughs> yeah. Um Kyle, your your co-hosts don't understand this question. <laughs> I think it's a very straightforward question. I mean, Rachel, given the like <laughs> spread of cute woodland animals, like which faction does your soul resonate with? Oh, definitely not rats. Gross. Gross. <laughs> um Well, you've played as the Vagabond more than one time. Yeah. Like was there a reason you went back to that faction a second time? I think because I knew how to play and everyone says it's the easiest one and it's the one that where you don't really have to worry about what other people are doing. Kind of. I think, right? Yeah. Those are yeah. mostly very true statements, yeah. <laughs> mostly very true. Uh, <laughs> I'm a caveat machine, as Sam is yeah, pointing yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Kyle, which, which faction does your soul sponge up? Oh, this is a good question. I I think that my soul resonates with the, the cats, mostly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a dog faction, I would like that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'll ask him. Thank you. Yeah, I'll ask the, the company to start working on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a dog vagabond. There's a wolf. Hmm. Yep. There's no greyhound yet, though. Not a greyhound yet. No, too fast. Uh, Jake, just uh, which uh, faction does your soul resonate with? Uh, I think it's the crows, because I like secrets. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I like secrets. And extorting people. All right, uh, Rachel. This is just <laughs> this is just a real question. Oh, good. As opposed to the other questions. No, this has all been a warm up. Yeah. Let's start recording. I'm... All right. <laughs> all right. How can you win a game of root? How does a game of root end in defining a winner? I think you have to have thirty points. Be ding ding ding! Nice job. Yeah. Is Correct. there another way to win the game of root? Yeah. <laughs> you okay. emulsify. No. Um, I feel like the Vagabond can win somehow. That's kind of also true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just know. Well, what's the correct answer? 
There's a uh, a dominance victory. Oh, of course. Yes. Kyle notoriously went for dominance <laughs> in, in the root tournament, right? Notorious. See, what I do love is you don't listen to the podcast, but you overhear us yelling enough to catch certain things that are going on. Or watch us watch the the actual the like like when game. Kyle was playing his game in the root tournament, Sam was watching the Timbers game on TV and Kyle's root came on the computer and he was like, Hey, do you want to play a game tonight? And I was like, You're literally watching two games right now at the same time and you're asking me if we can watch a game tonight. Um Yeah, I feel like sometimes I do. I know that Rachel doesn't hasn't like played enough root to understand all the comings and goings, but I'm like, this wild thing happened. I need to unload a <laughs> uh, similar to if somebody has a crazy dream or just a weird day at yeah. work where they need to go into work specifics. It, it <laughs> I, I do that with root to Rachel several times a week. And of course I don't really know what dominance really means. I could try to guess, but my, I, I feel like it's like you, it's like a shoot the moon situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really good. Dead on. Um, oh, this is a great question. What are you most looking forward to about RootCon? <laughs> My friends being in town? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Me too. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's funny, uh, actually. I, I haven't talked to Jake and Kyle about this, but I've asked Sam so many times, like, yeah. how can I help with RootCon? Like, initially, when you guys were first planning it, I was like, do you need me to build a website? Do you need me to buy you a domain name? Like, I am a tech person like do you do you want me to like volunteer at the event itself sam's always like mm-hmm and so i i honestly don't feel like i'm an, involved enough and um i'm offended rachel i'm so glad you brought this up <laughs> <laughs> because we've had numerous meetings many of which at the time i said i am super busy right now and we're gonna have to push some of this because i just don't have time to organize i definitely need like some graphic design help and stuff like that. <laughs> and the amount of times that your name has come up in these discussions is zero. <laughs> what? He's never mentioned you volunteering. To you know, help us. I don't know if he knows what I do for a living. <laughs> Um, no, I don't know. He, he, he thinks you play games against him in between meals. <laughs> so it's hard to money. say. It's hard. I, I, regarding RootCon, genuinely, I am just really happy for you guys. I have bragged about it to a lot of people. I'm like, my husband's throwing a con and it like is already sold out. And there's a wait list. Um and I, I mean, I also like because I've performed at so many improv festivals, that's like my frame of reference is I'm like, oh, well, you're going to need this like an after party. And you're going to, you know, like those are the things that I've been thinking about. But um, again, I've been really kept on the outs with a strong arm. Uh, well, I'm going to have one, um, some of my assistants contact your assistants uh, <laughs> and we're going to get in touch and put you on the, some producing roles. And I'll even see about. Making sure you uh, maybe get a promotion above Sam so you can start delegating work back to him. I love that. <laughs> That's wow. fun. This week's challenge is uh, to uh, send in things to the Discord about uh, people in your life uh, similar to Rachel that may have bounced off of Rude a time or two. And, and well, I don't know. What is this week's challenge, folks? This is a really good <laughs> challenge. I was just thinking, like, I, I, want, I want people to, like, write in, like, with their reaction to Rachel's opinion on Root. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'll just what, do what, that. 
or tell us your tale of teaching and how it went, right? Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? I want to hear your stories about, you know, if you were able to wrangle a group, like how did it, how did you do it? What techniques helped you or like what, what ways did you approach it that were successful? Like we're all trying to learn and grow our community together. And, you know, a big part of this is like what you guys have done that has succeeded or, or failed or like, what have you learned? What have your experiences been? We want to know about it. And also like if there's someone in your life that is like hardcore against root, like it seemed like I was, what's the tipping point? How'd you get them to the dark side? Yeah. How'd you bring them into your alliance? Ooh, <laughs> nice, Rach. Thank you. Uh, Rach, there are three suits in Root. What are they? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> diamonds, hearts, and bunnies. I just remembered bunnies. Yeah. Okay, so you remembered bunnies. Do you want to change your first two answers to that context? <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with diamonds and hearts. Okay, diamonds and hearts and bunnies. That's good. Yeah, That's cool, good. cool, cool, cool. Great. Well, if y'all have your diamonds and hearts. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say it's really exciting to get on this podcast um, as a cross promotion to promote our own podcast, Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap, which I'm sure you promote regularly uh, here on the podcast and on the Discord. And I'm just so happy to have so many new listeners bleeding over from your fans. I have had Wimmy's reach out that they do enjoy Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Definitely a different vibe, but if you enjoyed this conversation with Rachel and I's back and forth, uh, definitely give that a check out. Yeah. You were working on an outro? <laughs> yeah, I was I was doing one, but yeah, yeah who's yeah. ever got one? I'm ready. No, you had one. I was I was happy with it. Well, it had to do with diamonds and spades, and that feels less is, relevant the now. The flow is gone It could now. be yeah, like yeah, yeah. whether you're a, a rat a cat, a bird in a hat. Just know that no matter what, we're all creatures part of this Woodland Alliance. Thank you. And have a great night. <laughs> all right. The, we shouldn't have the guests. Okay. It was a beautiful end. Beautiful end, but it was missing the key part that ends the podcast. Like, you really made a speech, but it, yeah, it has to lead into. Yeah. Oh, the, the cheer. Yeah. The yeah. chant. Right. The yeah, cheer. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which I thought you were getting into, then I realized I about thought it well, was so two minutes happen. into it that yeah, you weren't gonna <laughs> stick the landing. Okay, okay, I got it. I got okay, it. Okay, Rachel's got it. Rachel's got okay. it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Whether you're a cat, a rat, or a bird in a hat, we're all part of the alliance, and in order to find each other in the woods, we just have to chant. Rachel!